Hello again, this is World Pastor Tony Alamo. This is program number 711-711. If you'd like to have a copy of it, Sharon will tell you how to end of the program. Let us know whether you want a CD or an audio tape. They're free, including postage and handling. I've got a strong message from the Lord today from the second chapter of First Peter. I've got music and letters, but right now let's go to the throne of God. I ask you, Father God, to anoint this service, anoint me. This is, uh, is a difficult uh, chapter where a lot of people are, are not discerning it the proper way, and I pray that uh, you will explain it to where it will be very believable to the listeners and that the listeners will receive it and uh, not believe that uh, in one minute you're telling everybody to be holy and that you're telling them to follow every ordinance of man and take it as though that means every ordinance of the devil because you never tell any of your people to follow the ordinances of the devil. You would be a double-minded God if you did such a thing as that. And uh, so I pray, Lord, that they'll receive, the listening audience will receive, the body of Christ will receive the entire chapter and uh, tuck it away in their hearts so that they'll have it there always and not be deceived by the twisting of the scriptures as the uh, false prophets the evil doers do. You've never commanded us to do evil. You stated that the ministers, the men that are ministers, and you called yourself a man as well. The ordinance of men that have been called by you, uh, by the Holy Spirit, to be the rulers of this world, which are the ministers of the gospel. Lord, I pray that you'll break all this down for the listeners because they've been told that this is the we have to obey uh, the homosexual, that we have to obey those that are child molesters, those that are every day we see the different people that are in secular government, uh, the government of Satan. Uh, we're never commanded by you to follow them. We keep your word, which is to walk in newness of spirit to be harmless as doves, to be wise as serpents and harmless as doves. Yes, we're to drive safely, we're to obey all those uh, sensible rules that were uh, intact a long time ago, not uh, just recently, but these are laws that were made by true lawmakers, those that follow the law of God. Lord, may I ask that you bind Satan, destroy all of his works, and uh, bind him and close every door to him and open every door for us. And um, we pray that uh, you will win the souls that, uh, at the, for the uh, kingdom of heaven, that they will be appropriated by your Holy Spirit through myself to be part of the body, your body, the body of Christ. Father God, I ask it, all these things, in the mighty name of Jesus, and everyone says amen. Amen. All right, now here's a good friend of mine, uh, Gary Paxton. 
and he's written a lot of good songs. Uh, one of them was, he was there all the time. This one is called, uh, what we say a lot of people are today, they're sophisticated savages. Gary Paxton. Matt 
sophisticated savages. You know, um, uh, you know, I uh, watch all the different supposed to be sophisticated people on television uh, espousing what uh, the proper thing for all of us sheep or cattle to do to follow their advice and all they are is like Susie used to call them is the sea of faceless men who don't have any brains in their head they don't have the uh, mind of Christ uh, at all and so therefore they're not sophisticated and there's uh, another thing that Susie used to bring out all the time is that there was never any sophisticated a person of the Lord, uh, because uh, we are like, uh, for instance, John the Baptist was not sophisticated, she would say. She'd say like he was drinking wild honey, he's dressed in this uh, animal camel's uh, hide and uh, uh, popping grasshoppers' heads in his mouth and crunching them up. Jesus was not sophisticated. He uh, fashioned a whip and beat all the sinners out of the church, uh, synagogue because they were um, using the place to, as a business to um, money changing and uh, buying and selling of cattle and sheep for offerings and all these different things. And so uh, we have to, when we're reading the Bible, there's no one that was sophisticated. Peter was not sophisticated. Moses was not sophisticated. I don't call it sophisticated where you're walking through a wilderness for 40 years. And, uh, you know, it's not a sophisticated thing to do to, like, uh, not shower every day and to uh, be around uh, between 600,000 and 3 million people that don't shower every day or use underarm deodorant. And like he, uh, when people were thirsty, he'd smite a, a, one of the rocks that the Lord would point out to him and water would come out. Is that sophisticated? Can you see these business people that are sitting around the round table? And, uh, um, let's go out and, uh, no, we're too sophisticated to do that and to pick up their bread off the ground. No, there's no sophistication in the body of Christ. If you, you know, you put on long robes, uh, you bearded rebels, and, uh, you know, uh, say, oh, um, thou art holy, O Father God, and so on and so The Lord um, is not that impressed with that sort of thing at all. Uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, fishermen. Not sophisticated people. They never put on a dress shirt in their life. Uh, they, uh, everyone in the Bible, uh, named John, John the Baptist, uh, Job, uh, he'd pray every day. Uh, he'd make sure that his, uh, trying to make sure that his uh, sons and his daughter would uh, get into the kingdom of heaven, but uh, they just didn't. They were gluttons and wine babers, and God, they, God killed them, let the devil kill them. But um, but we're going to read from the second uh, chapter of First Peter. So uh, it starts out verse one. Wherefore laying aside all malice. Now do you know what malice is? Go ahead and read out of the dictionary what malice is. You have to lay aside all a l l one hundred percent malice if you want to be considered a Christian. Go ahead. Malice, to cause pain, 
injury or distress to another. Right. In other words, if you're persecuting the Church of Christ, or if you've left the Church because, uh, and we're very unthankful because it was the Church that brought you uh, into the world and supported you all your life, and then you're calling around to different people that uh, uh, the Church works with uh, to feed the people in the Church and house the people in the Church, and to buy Bibles and um, paper and uh, bills to print paper on. We have a 20-some-odd-thousand-dollar 20 bill due um, uh, really soon. And we also have had to order another tractor-trailer load full of paper today, which will run 21 22000 Just paid over 41000 for one of the companies that uh, books our radio time. 40,000, 40 some thousand today. And uh, our bills run about a million dollars a month. And then you've got some people that have malice in them. Uh, they say that they were baptized with the Holy Spirit, but God does not baptize people with the Holy Spirit that do things like that, that just are thumbing their nose at the people that have been feeding them all these years and keeping them. Even a dog won't turn on the people that feed it. And so these people are worse than dogs, and they're claiming that God baptized her with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And um, she says uh, that, uh, you know, that we're not the only church in the world that uh, has the power of God. Well, at least one thing is, is there's no malice in me. I'm not hurting anybody. All I'm doing is trying to convince people. And the other thing, too, is if the girl, her mother was just thrown out for having a half of a huge garbage bag full of dope. She even hid it from her husband. And so she fled to be with her. Uh, she, uh, and then she says God filled her with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And she's now residing with a bunch of backsliders. But if I had time to enumerate all these different things, uh, you know, it would take a long time. So go ahead and uh, tell what uh, the word malice means again. Desire to cause pain, injury, or distress to another. Right. Uh, I'm not distressing them. When a person leaves the church, they don't have to flee. I pay for their bus tickets and everything if they ask. But uh, this girl tried to, you know, marry about a half a dozen people in the church, and I wouldn't let her because she's too young. And uh, so she took off. And um, But anyway, uh, I'm not trying to hurt her. As a matter of fact, when people leave, I forget totally about them. Well, you're supposed to pray for them. Well, you pray for them if you've got such uh, strong connections with the Lord. I, If people choose to be with Satan... That's okay with me. I mean, I, I, you know, it was okay with the Lord. The, the Lord, this man says, uh, uh, he told the man what he must do in order to enter the kingdom of heaven. The man was, got very sad and said he can't do that. He can't part with his money to be with God. And therefore, uh, you know, uh, the Lord didn't run after him or anything. I don't even think of those people any longer, except when they are trying to jimmy their way into... Uh, the livelihood of the church. Uh, I spend around um, a lot of money every month 
a lot of every um, uh, every uh, month a lot of money to support the people here at the church and it is uh, if I didn't have a big enough job then I have to contend with dogs and the Lord calls them dogs and serpents and uh, they're of their father uh, the devil obviously they've been turned over to a reprobate mind, they've been sent strong delusion, so they feel that they are really of the Lord and that they have the right, even though I've never done anything to hurt them, I've reproved them and rebuked them when they were doing evil, just as they are now, but I've never done anything evil uh, to them, I have no malice whatsoever, they're gone, that's beautiful, that's their decision, not mine. Okay, and read the rest of it, read uh, the malice again. Desire to cause pain, injury, or distress to another. Or to the whole church. I mean, thousands of people were sending relief money to them all over the world. These people, if they're so much of the Lord, why don't they make their own money? This is like robbing God in the uh, first class. Not only are they not tithing, but they're trying to get their hands into God's pocketbook over here. Then what? And they got baptized with the Holy Spirit. If you got the baptism in the Holy Spirit uh, and you got all these different things from the Lord and the Lord is really blessing you, then he is, uh, you're getting blessed from some other God rather than mine because my God does not bless uh, people like you. Okay, then what else? Intent to commit an unlawful act. That's unlawful to rob God. Okay, then what else? Or cause harm without legal justification or excuse. No, there's no legal justification in the Bible. Now, to you, legal is, uh, you know, the uh, Antichrist, but that's illegal to me. All right, now we go here, verse uh, 2. Wherefore, laying aside all this, wanting to hurt people, and all guile. Okay, read what guile means. Deceitful, cunning, stratagem, trick. Yeah, y'all get together and say, let's trick Tony. Don't you know that the Lord is not going to bless you, that he's, uh, you're on his curse list, and just watch and see. First of all, your mother can't get off of that drug habit of hers, and you've gone to her instead of being a strong t testimony, staying in the house of God, you showed her, that, yes, uh, her way of life is far better than the Christian life. So um, uh, you have to, according to the Lord, through Peter, says, Wherefore, laying aside all malice and all guile. What was that again? Now it's cunning and doing what? Deceitful. Deceitfulness. Okay. And hypocrisy. You're saying that God baptizes people that have openly made a stand against God. Okay, uh, that's totally unscriptural, my dear. But, uh, and um, envies, you envy. You envy what's going on over here, and you're trying to make it look like the same thing is going on where you're at, and I don't believe it, okay? I believe the Lord. And all evil speakings, now, is it evil to speak against Satan? Is it? No. No, no you don't sound too sure of yourself. No. No, it is not evil to speak against uh, uh, the devil. 
But is it evil to speak evil about the Lord's people or the Lord? Yes. Yes. Oh, okay. It is. And all evil speakings. Uh, like, for instance, saying you have the baptism of the Holy Spirit when you don't. Because God won't pour out the baptism of the Holy Spirit on people that are living with, um, uh, they made a choice to uh, live, uh, follow drug addicts out of the church. And uh, he just doesn't do that, okay? Any more than he uh, uh, baptizes people with the Holy Spirit that are uh, Jesuits and are doing evil things in the Vatican. Verse 2. As newborn babes desire, uh, not this sort of thing, guile and hypocrisy and malice to hurt the house of God, as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word, that ye may grow thereby. But you're not growing. What you've done is you're in reverse. You've gone back. You never were anything in the church in the first place. I never really heard you give a testimony of any merit. And I never, uh, never saw you reading the Bible or praying or anything like that. Of course, I was never really around you. And you used uh, our machines in the office to call boys up. And I guess you've asked to be married to about four or five boys. If so be, this is verse 3, ye have tasted that the Lord is gracious. I don't believe that you've ever tasted that the Lord is gracious because you're like a dog. Worse than a dog because uh, dogs don't attack people that uh, house them and clothe them and fed them for all these years and gave them the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, if you couldn't get the baptism of the Holy Spirit in a church that is as straight as we are, you're not going to get it out there with dopers, all right? And other uh, wicked people that lie all the time, every day of their life. And let's see, for to whom coming um, as unto a living stone... Well, in the Old Testament, the Lord uh, is called the Rock of Ages, and that's why we sing, the water came out of him, the life-giving water. Well, the life-giving water, is, uh, it's, uh, that's a symbol of the Holy Spirit, to whom coming as unto a living stone. Uh, he is also the chief cornerstone of the entire body of Christ. He's the head disallowed indeed of men. Well, we have many people that bring accusations against us and try to do evil unto us. But even uh, some of the people that were the worst are saying we're not going to attack you anymore. Because obviously they've been listening to my radio program and got saved. But chosen of God and precious So we came to the Lord. We didn't flee from the Lord. The uh, living stone, uh, who is rejected indeed of men, 
but chosen of God and precious. Ye, verse 5, also as lively stones, as uh, Peter was the chip off the old block, he wasn't the rock of ages, Jesus is. Upon this rock, uh, when Peter declared uh, that Jesus was the Messiah, the Son of the living God, well, Jesus said, upon that fact, in other words, upon that rock, that solid rock that you can stand on, uh, you have the keys to the kingdom of heaven. And also you are able to enter the kingdom of heaven if you really believe that Jesus is God and that he is the rock of ages, not Peter. You will receive no good thing from God by saying that Peter is the solid rock, but uh, the Lord is the rock. Ye also as lively little stones are built up a spiritual house and holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. What does that mean? Well, when we pray through Jesus and not Mary, when we pray through Jesus, who is the only mediator between God and man, then um, we're acceptable to God only by Jesus, not by Mary or Peter or anybody else. Only Jesus is the rock of ages, and we're acceptable to God by praying through Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Verse 6, Wherefore, also it is contained in the scripture, Behold, I lay in Sion a chief cornerstone, which is Christ. That's not Peter. Elect, precious, very precious. You know, if you really knew the true meaning of precious, Look it up in the dictionary, precious, so we'll read it in a minute. And he that believeth on him shall not be confounded. You know, confusion is of the devil. But uh, when we keep our mind on the Lord, it's a perfect peace we have in a sound mind. Uh, not a mind that is confounded like the people of the world. Everybody is confounded in the world. They say, what are we going to do? I mean, we've got twice as many hurricanes, tornadoes, and all these uh, different plagues on earth. What are we going to do? What are we supposed to do? Well, the Bible says, get saved and pray to God that these things will not happen to you, and they won't. But the, the worse the world gets, and the more they harden their heart against the word of God the more that these plagues are going to come, and one of them is going to consume you. Well, what are the plagues? Well, there's sicknesses of all kinds, diseases, infirmities that they don't have any cure for. How's that for starters? And then you see the rest of it on TV, if you're watching the news. Fires, floods, famines, hurricanes, tornadoes, tsunamis, earthquakes. So, if you're, uh, behold, I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone, elect, precious. What does the word precious mean? Of great value or high price, highly esteemed or cherished, excessively refined. 
Yeah, it's just refined. When the rest of the world is just dirt. Remember when I saw Jesus, he appeared in front of me. Uh, which maybe a lot of other churches have the power of God, but we don't know. We get letters from all over the world saying we don't. We never heard the gospel preached in the way that you preach it. Uh, so straight and easy to understand. Now that should be precious to anybody that's really of the Lord. And um, so it's pray. It's uh, is that all it says about it? Yes. It's not a very. This must be a very small dictionary, right? Yes. Okay. As the chief cornerstone, elect, precious, and he that believeth on him shall not be confounded like the people in the world. What are we going to do? We don't know. All of our assets are wiped out. In Florida, we can't even buy insurance. If our houses are destroyed, we can't get a penny from insurance companies. We're going to be broke. Verse 7, unto you, therefore, which believe, he is precious, if you believe he is precious. But unto them which be disobedient. God is not precious. I'll just take off with my doper mother. I'll just go out in the world with dopers and homosexuals, lesbians and liars and all these different things. But those that be disobedient, they don't believe that the word of God is precious. The stone which the builders disallowed, the same is made the head of the corner. So the people in the world that uh, like to build on their own foundation rather than the Lord, they disallow him. But uh, the one that they disallow is made the chief, the head of the corner. The corner of what? The building of God. All the rejects, those that uh, take off and they don't, they disobey the word of God. The word of God is nothing to them. There's something to themselves, but the word of God is garbage to them. And that's why the world is getting uh, peppered with all these different plagues. And it's not getting any better. It's going to get worse and worse, the Bible says. Verse 8. And a stone of stumbling. It's a stumbling stone. They don't like to keep the commandments of the Lord. The Lord says, be patient. Uh, if you want to get married, uh, you know, don't let your sex organ control you and take off. And that's what you did. Verse 8, and a stone of stumbling. So you're stumbling over the word of God that says for you to be patient. And a rock of offense. The Lord, the word, the true word of God is so offensive to people because he says you have to deny yourself and take up the cross and follow the Lord. Take up your cross and follow the Lord. Even to them which stumble at the word. Well, who is the word? Jesus is the word of God. Being disobedient, whereunto also they were appointed. You were appointed to be disobedient, and you're doing exactly what you were appointed to do. Well, how could God send somebody to hell for uh, and, and say that they were appointed to it and then call them sinners? Well, because the fact that he knew that they were not going to follow the word of God. They hardened their heart against it. Well, they said, the Bible says that God hardened their hearts. 
he hardened their hearts uh, uh, because they refused to do what he said. Your heart is, there's a mechanism within everybody's body that gets hard. Your heart gets hard when you turn away from the word of God. So uh, you were appointed for that. God knew that you were going to be rebellious. Verse 9, but ye are, now he's talking to the brothers and sisters, but ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood and holy nation, a peculiar people, different from all the sinners, that ye should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Verse 10, which in time past were not a people, but are now the people of God, which had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. Verse 11, Dearly beloved, I beseech you, as strangers and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lusts. But wait a minute, our government says that we should lust, otherwise they wouldn't put pornography on a television. We're to abstain from all concupiscence, the word says, but this government allows pornography. They say it's a freedom of speech. But what it is is Satan tempting young people's souls by putting nude people, oh boy, the word nude just really grabs people's wicked spirits. The fleshly lust which war against the um, soul. So you want to watch that stuff that is warring, it's corrupting your souls. Verse 12, having your conversation honest among the Gentiles, the disbelievers, that whereas... Uh, they speak against you as evildoers. They may by your good works. How could you be evildoer if you're doing good works, which they shall behold, glorify God in the day of visitation. Okay, now, how does a 13-year-old female judge a person that God has called in the most supernatural way. Uh, you can't find a more supernatural way in the Bible. Okay, having your conversation honest among the Gentiles. Keep your word that whereas they speak against you as evildoers, they may by your good works, which they shall behold, so that they'll look at, they'll glorify God in the day when the Lord with the Holy Spirit by somebody preaching where the Lord visits them. And they'll say, yes, I saw somebody keeping the word of God. Verse 13, submit yourselves to every ordinance of man. Now, what does that mean? Anybody know? Yes, it doesn't say submit yourselves to every ordinance of Satan, does it? No. It says of man. And the one that God set over man is the ministers. So they are the real government, the true government. God wouldn't tell you 
uh, to uh, submit yourselves to every ordinance of Satan or satanic men, a man for the Lord's sake, whether it be to the king uh, as supreme. Well, we're supposed to do good to all men, but we're not to submit ourselves under somebody that's attempting or uh, doing everything in their power to cause us to uh, worship Satan. The Lord, the entire Bible is worship only the Lord. Turn away from all evil. Flee from the devil. Flee from all these different... But if the you know man says, uh, uh, the one that God has chosen has... Uh, Tells you you gotta keep the speed limit. Uh, you gotta do this or that. Uh, well, you have to do that. Verse fourteen. Or unto governors. Well, the Lord has governors here. He has uh, preachers, teachers, evangelists, pastors, prophets, and helpers. As unto that, or unto governors, as unto them that are sent by Him. For the punishment of evildoers. Now, do you think that Satan's government would prosecute evildoers? No, no as a matter of fact, uh, so this is not uh, saying to obey evildoers or to uh, governments that would uh, punish evildoers. This uh, one world government will not punish evildoers. They're the worst evildoers on the face of this earth. So who would punish evildoers. It would be the people of the Lord. They call upon God to punish them. And for the praise of them that do well. Of course, I'll read it again. Or unto governors, as unto them that are sent by him. By who? God sends the rulers of this world into the world for the punishment of evildoers. Well, who are the uh, the governors and who uh, is the kings? God made us a nation of kings and priests. And like uh, I have uh, people that do errands for me and I send them to pick up packages uh, over at the post office and here and there. And... Um, if uh, somebody uh, tells me that they're uh, taking narcotics and drugs in the church or if they would ever come in and have a gun, I would put them out or take the gun and turn it in, and uh, that would be it. So, Or unto governors as unto them that are sent by him, the king, for the punishment, not the uh, endorsement of evildoers, but for the punishment of evildoers. Amen? Amen. And for the praise of them that do well. Well, what's doing well? Punishing evildoers is what it says, doesn't it? Amen. You have to do something, say. Verse 15, for so is the will of God. The will of God is to punish evildoers. Yes, it is. He's going to, he enlarges hell. That with well-doing ye may put to silence the uh, ignorance of foolish men. Well, what what is well-doing? Well-doing is punishing evildoers. I mean, if somebody's got drugs, put them out. Put them out of the church. 
For so is the will of God that with well-doing, you don't let fornicators stay in the church. The book of Revelation tells that John was handed a rod and told to measure the people in the church. And those that don't measure up to the word of God, put them out, punish them. Put them out there where Satan is. For so is the will of God that with well-doing, by punishing the evildoers, putting them out of the church, ye may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men, because there's foolish people in the church, and when they see you throwing drug addicts out and homosexuals and adulterers and fornicators and liars out of the church, you put to silence, for they shut their mouth and they uh, become uh, more well aware, they become fearful of the, uh, who does that? The ignorance of foolish men. People that don't believe the word of God, a fool has said in their heart that there's no God. So the foolish men are in the church that say, ah, there's no God, you know, it's nothing. But when you put them out, then they wise up immediately. It's a shock to them because the world doesn't punish evildoers. So God is not telling the worldly people to punish evildoers. He's telling those of us that are the rulers of this world, the ministers of the gospel, that we do that. Verse 16, as free and not using your liberty for a cloak of maliciousness, but as the servants of God. Well, uh, malicious would be if somebody had a lot of money, uh, because I'm free and um, I'm not going to use my liberty. Um, Well, I could keep them, I could bind that which is on earth, or I could throw them out. But I'm not going to let anybody stay in the church for any a cloak of maliciousness. A lot of people in church, if I kept evil people in the church, they'd say, look at that, he's supposed to be a man of God and he's letting that stuff abide in this church. But as the servants of God, not malicious or for finances or anything. Verse 17, honor all men. How do you honor all men? By preaching the gospel to them. Amen? And showing them that you mean business. You're a no-nonsense pastor, preacher, teacher, evangelist, prophet. That's how you honor all men because uh, it even makes people that are foolish. It wises them up. um, They're ignorant. Hopefully they're only ignorant and they're not doing Uh, it uh, for any other reason than ignorance. Because the Lord will forgive the sins of ignorance. But how will they know that they're ignorant if you don't be a diligent steward of the church of God? Verse 17, honor all men, preach the gospel to them, love the brotherhood. Don't separate yourself from brothers. I mean, if they're... uh, obnoxious well then you seat them in a different place because that you have to teach them that's all you honor the lord and love the brotherhood is love the brothers keep the commandments before them fear god honor the king honor that one that's in charge this is not bush uh, that's bombing people murdering babies and mothers and dads Servants, be subject to your masters, but in the Lord, with all fear. What? Fear the Lord, because the Lord's watching you to honor 
Put in a full eight-hour day. Don't be loitering or lagging around with all fear, not only to the good and gentle, but also to the uh, forward. Now, that's not to go along with the forward people, but do your job. That's all it's saying. Verse 19, for this is thankworthy. If a man for conscience toward God uh, endure grief, suffering wrongfully. Verse 20, for what? You know, there was a time in uh, Las Vegas where I got that job at the Calneva Hotel for a guy named George. Well, he'd come over every day and he would uh, uh, try to add more work unto me. And so I didn't grieve about it. I just said, yes, sir, anything else? I said, then finally, uh, he was, I would put them over not too much. And then when he'd come over, I'd say, hey, do you want me to paint uh, the, the whole motel? Uh, it's only going to cost, I priced it out. It's only going to cost about three, $4,000, whatever it was, this years ago. And finally, he didn't even show up at all. He just called and said, what's the gross? Okay, things like that. So be diligent, endure grief, suffering, wrongfully. For what glory is it if when ye be buffeted, in other words, they treat you wrong, for your faults, ye shall take it patiently. But if when ye do well and suffer for it, ye take it uh, patiently also. This is acceptable with God. Because the Lord suffered for wrongdoers, for evil, for us. We were all evil, and he suffered and died for us. The Lord wants us to follow his footsteps. Come and follow me. Verse 21. For even hereunto were ye called. You were called to that because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example. He is our example to follow him, that ye should follow his steps. Take up your cross, deny yourself, come on and follow me. Oh, that's a, man, that's a stumbling stone to me, as I said in the beginning of the chapter here. Verse 22, who did no sin, neither he wasn't uh, had any guile found in his mouth, none whatsoever. Who, when he was reviled, reviled not again. When he suffered, he uh, threatened not. When I went to prison, I didn't threaten anybody. I got out and I just, while I was in there, I kept preaching the gospel because I knew it was of the Lord. When they took all of our property, the same thing, because I knew it was wrong for me to be in the clothing business any longer. And so I thank God for that. But committed himself to him that judges righteously. Verse 24, who his own self bear our sins in his own blood, his own body on the tree, that we being dead to sins, we were dead to sins, should live unto righteousness, by whose stripes ye were healed. So you've already been healed. If you have some kind of a sickness or disease, call me or fax me. I'll pray for you. 
but you've already been healed. All you have to do is just receive it. Okay, Mom, we have some letters now. I'm going to have to continue this on the next message because we're really out of time. I'm just marking the spot here. All right, where's the first letter from? From Mexico. Let's hear it. Translated from Spanish. I appreciate the messages. They are such a blessing. I would like to ask for prayer for my family and I. We are going through times of trials and tribulations. Gerardo Reyna from Tamaulipas, Mexico. Father God, pray, I pray that whatever the problem is, that you'll uh, build a wall of fire around about them, help them, give them uh, what they need, and uh, chase these uh, evil spirits away from them in Jesus' name. And then you have another one? Yes, from Congo, Africa. Okay. Translated from French. Dear Pastor Lamo, may the peace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you as well as with your Christian family under your divine authority. It is with perfect and exceptional joy that I write you because of the receiving of mailings you've sent me. Before anything, I want to thank you for all the bulletins and the book, The Messiah. Indeed, dear Pastor, being a preacher of the gospel, you have again enriched me in strong preaching, which is changing the lives of many members of the church, of which I am the preacher. Pastor, the manner in which you develop the personality of our Lord Jesus Christ, his original identity by the direction of the Holy Spirit, it has caused me to grow in understanding with a humble heart that I have an obligation and task to understand much more from you in order to widen my horizon in the understanding of the Word of God in my life. The reason which compels me to be attached to your teachings is at the end of all your messages, you always end with a call to repentance, with a prayer, and that is a principal order that we all come to the Lord Jesus Christ. From now on, I will be holding you up in prayer, and this is my prayer, that the Lord fill you to the fullest capacity possible so that you succeed in the priestly work which he has given you with success and excellence in one objective. Okay, well, we'll have to continue that letter um, tomorrow, I guess. All right, now, there's just one more verse in this uh, chapter, too, and I'd like to read that, uh, even though we're out of time. Verse 25, For ye... We're as sheep going astray, just like everybody in the world is, so we have to be like Christ, but are now returned unto the shepherd and bishop of your souls. All right, the, um, now we're going to have to uh, ask you all to pray, and the prayer is to be saved. And those of you that want to be in the body of Christ, just say this prayer. And mean it with all your heart, because this isn't anything that uh, should be taken lightly. It is very important for you to say it and receive what you're praying for. Say to the Lord, my Lord and my God, have mercy upon my soul a sinner. I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of the living God, and that he died on the cross and shed his precious blood for the forgiveness of all my former filthy sins. And I believe that you, Father, raised Jesus from the dead by the power of the Holy Spirit. I open the door of my heart, and I invite you into my heart, Lord Jesus, Holy Father and Holy Spirit. Wash all my former filthy sins away in the precious blood that you shed for me on the cross at Calvary. You will not turn me away, Lord Jesus. You will save my soul, I know, because your word says so. 
Your word says that all who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. I have called upon you, Lord, and I know that you've heard me, and I know that you have answered me, and I know I'm saved, and I thank you, Lord Jesus, for saving my eternal soul. Judges praise and thank the Lord and give him all the glory and the honor. And uh, Sharon, tell our listening audience how they can receive a copy of this program, number 711-711-711. Go to alamoministries.com or write to Tony Alamo Christian Ministries, P.O. Box 6467, Texarkana, Texas 75505. Or call area code 479-782-7370. That's 479-782-7370. Or fax to area code 479-782-7406. This is World Pastor Tony Alama saying tune in tomorrow for another powerful message in the Lord to hear other testimonies and songs. Uh, We'll be with you. And um, right now here is Porter Wagner to sing... A very important question. Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Otherwise, you know, you, your sins are all over you. Like, uh, uh, it's all over you. So just pray, uh, thank and praise the Lord. Listen to Porter sing it. Are you washed in the blood, in the soul-cleansing blood of the Lamb? Have you been to Jesus for the cleansing power? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Are you fully trusting in His grace this hour? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Are you washed, Are you washed in the blood, in the blood, in the soul-cleansing blood of the Lamb? Are you garments spotless, are they white as snow? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Are you walking daily by the Savior's side? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Do you rest each moment in the crucified? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Are you washed in the blood, in the soul-cleansing blood of the Lamb? Are your garments spotless, are they white as snow? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Beside the garments that are stained with sin And be washed in the blood of the Lamb There's a fountain flowing for the souls unclean Oh, be washed in the blood of the Lamb Are you washed, are you washed in the blood In the blood, in the soul-cleansing blood of the Lamb Are your garments spotless, are they white as snow Are they washed in the blood of the Lamb are your garments spotless? Are they white as snow? Are they washed in the blood of the Lamb?